In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Precisely at the time when we are being encouraged to get more, buy more, save money, indulge, get the most out of the season, it's good that the church has a new liturgical year beginning. We celebrate Advent as preparation for the coming of Christ, preparation for his coming at the end of time, preparation for our liturgical celebration of his birth 2,000 years ago, with penance, joyful penance, but penance nonetheless. When we allow ourselves to go without even good things, in the sanctuary we see it and we hear it, there are no flowers, there's no instrumental music, we don't pray the Gloria. You see the, the violet that you probably more commonly associate with Lent. It's an opportunity for me to put on one of my favorite vestments. You, on Sundays, when you see me wearing a green vestment, uh, it's not as cumbersome. But on solemnities, when I wear white or during Lent or Advent, I wear a much more traditional conical vestment. I don't know if you've noticed it. You've probably thought, why, does that, why is he wearing something that's too big for him, right? That was made for Brother Henry, not for Father Pollard. <laughs> but in fact, for over a thousand years, the only style, the only shaped vestment was this. It's not a circle with a hole cut out of the middle, but it's a half circle. Imagine a half circle with the corners pulled down and then sewn up, leaving a hole right for the priest's head to stick out the top. What results is a cone. You can do this at home with a piece of paper. It's, it's a fun exercise. It'll keep your kids occupied for about 30 seconds. So the cone results in a shape whereby if the priest lifts up his hands and bring the, brings them together, the folds in his garment are elliptical. If you were to see me wear a more modern vestment, which is a full circle with a hole cut out of it, when I bring my arms up, because there is so much fabric, the folds would be vertical and parallel. As a result, if you look at any work of art, any statue, any painting, that depicts a priest wearing a vestment from any century, you can know and be reassured that actually they were wearing conical vestments because the, the folds are elliptical, not vertical. The origin of it is this was the garment of a shepherd, right? Like a poncho. It was very simple and versatile. He could wear it uh, long, he could, he could throw it over one shoulder, he could throw it over two shoulders, he could wrap himself up in it like a blanket. And that's, from the very beginning, the, the garment that priests adopted as their sacred attire for Mass. It was usually very simple. The, the fabric would have been elegant, whether silk or wool. It wasn't heavily decorated until the 1400s, 1500s, when the church was over-embellishing its architecture and its art to respond in some visual way uh, uh, to various uh, heretical ideas about, um, about the world and the church and, and the liturgy. 
even for a thousand years, the only liturgical color ever worn was white. A lot of priests don't like the conical vestment because it's cumbersome, right? Because of the conical shape, it means I can't, I can't do jumping jacks very easily, right? It's, it's not, doesn't let me do whatever I want to do. But what it does permit me to do is all I need to do. If you're familiar with the old mats and the old rubrics, at the elevation after the consecration, the, the server is actually pulling back the, the, the bottom hem of the backside of the vestment because if the, if the server didn't do that, the priest wouldn't be able to lift up his hands because of the conical vestment impeding him, preventing him from doing that. It doesn't let me do anything and everything I want to do, but it lets me do all that I need to do, which is a good image for the Christian life in general. By deciding to be Christian, by deciding to celebrate, above all, Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, there are many things that we won't do, even good things that we forego, right? We do penance on Fridays. We, we fast before we receive Holy Communion. There are good things that we know we could have, but it'd be better to give or it'd be better to share. Instead of buying into the modern mentality that seeks to win at all costs and to vanquish our opponent in every debate, we actually need to concede that, yes, by being Christian, there are, there are good things in the world that I miss, I will not enjoy. There are pleasures that will not be mine. St. Paul makes it very clear in his letter to the Corinthians that our way of life, our faith, is founded on the truth of our Lord's death and resurrection. And that if Christ did not die and rise from the dead, then we're liars. Moreover, if, our, if, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, our, our way of life is ridiculous. The, the line that he uses is, if our hopes in Christ are limited to this world, we are the most pitiable of men. Because we forego so much. Because we look forward rather to heaven. Advent is a time for us to be reminded of that. To practice penance. Joyful, but still penance. Think of the illustration that our Lord uses for us to be watchful and to be alert. He doesn't just use the example of the gatekeeper or the homeowner who's worried about when his home is going to be broken into. He also uses the image of the maidens who are awaiting the bridegroom in anticipation of the wedding and the wedding feast. They're watchful. They're joyful, but they're watchful. They want to make sure that they are Alert when the bridegroom comes to be able to participate in every aspect of the wedding feast. It means that they, they restrain themselves, right? They limit how much oil they're burning in their lamps. They make sure to stay awake so as not to miss it. Not because they're trembling out of fear, but because they are so excited about the feast that's about to be celebrated, And so I encourage you 
to make this Advent a time to be a Christian in an unabbreviated way. To take no shortcuts. To realize that our Lord's coming into the world is the greatest event in the history of all mankind. It's far more important than any birthday. It's far more important than any other historical event save for our Lord's death and resurrection. And we know that in order to be able to celebrate this feast with him, we need to be purified. We need to be holy. We need to be worthy of being in his company. We can't accomplish that by our own efforts. We are made worthy by his grace, by his mercy. And so not in, not in, in abject fear and trembling, but with joy then, we ask to be purified. We ask to be made worthy. So that we, when he comes in time and when his coming is celebrated liturgically, we will be ready. The Blessed Virgin Mary offers us a, another perfect, uh, beyond which you can't even imagine a better image of how to prepare for Christ. As soon as she heard the news that she was about to be mother of the king of the universe, she immediately gave up all of her own comfort and familiar surroundings to take care of her cousin, to give, to go without, to endure hardship for the sake of love. And then traveled long, several times, to be in the right place at the right time for the coming of her son. She suffered not with regret, not with bitterness. She, she, was, she suffered willingly, joyfully, even gratefully that such a thing would, would happen to her. And how much more joyous is that celebration when it's been prepared with prayer, with fasting, with penance, with openness to God's grace and mercy. So I encourage you to do three things. Make your Fridays that much more penitential. Make your personal prayer that much more deliberate. And make your adoration of the Blessed Sacrament generous, whether it be on Sunday afternoon for Vespers or on Wednesdays. It's not possible for all of us to make a retreat to get away for a day or two or three. And even if we do read a good spiritual book, it's so easily a project or an assignment. But to pray and to do penance, that's how our Lord said we need to fight this battle. Make that time now, Advent's really only three weeks as it is, so that our celebration is that much more glorious. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.